Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Ann Wilson. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the US as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships. So one of the things you were absolutely not allowed to do in the church I grew up in. Oh, okay. We're going here today. I mean, there's so many things <laughs> okay. that come to my mind. You weren't allowed to laugh. You know, oh, you had God. to dress a certain way. I mean, you couldn't clap. I mean, it's a pretty rule-based yeah. place. But one of the things I distinctly remember is you weren't allowed to ask questions about your faith. You weren't allowed to question the faith. You weren't allowed to ever express a doubt. Um, it just wasn't allowed. You were supposed to believe, have faith, whether it made sense or didn't make sense. If you questioned, it was like you were not only just an unbeliever, you were of the devil. Which was bad for you because being <laughs> married to you for 41 years, you have a natural skepticism and you ask a lot of questions. Yeah, and I was asking questions to my single mom. Oh, and bless her heart, she's an amazing woman, an amazing mom. She didn't know the answers. And so all she would say is, well, I don't know, and I don't think you're supposed to ask those kind of questions. So I felt like less as a person of... Spiritually. Spiritually is like, well, I'm trying not even Christian, because real Christians have all the answers, and they don't ever question like I do. Because their faith is so grounded. Yeah, yeah. and so, you know, as I become a dad, I'm like the opposite. I want to encourage that with my kids. And so we're sitting here today with Hilary Ferrer in the Family Life studio again. Welcome back to Family Life today. Thank you so much, and I am so sorry that that was your... I can see you over there. You're just... I know, you're like so oh my, it's like because my husband, he I call him the atheist magnet. And <laughs> because it's like if we are at a church picnic and the one agnostic in the whole park <laughs> will sit down next to him and start a conversation. But so many of the ones who walked away from the faith and became the really passionate atheists come from that background. Yeah. And they assume that all churches are like that. And thankfully, that's not the yeah. kind of church I grew up in. So the fact that you're walking with the Lord after being told that, that just kind of shows the Lord was with you, man. Well, and Hillary, we're in ministry. We're on staff with crew. We've been in ministry for a year and we're sitting down and we're having our devotions. Dave's doing something. He walks in. I have my Bible on my lap and he oh, says, Oh, this, this is our first year of marriage. Yeah, he says, first year as a full-time like missionary. He says, you think it's true? <gasps> I said, what? He goes, the Bible. How do we even know it's true? Maybe it's, maybe it's all a myth. And I'm sitting here thinking, what? This is the man I married? We went into full-time ministry because God called us, and now you're questioning all of it? Yeah, I mean, this was like almost 18 months, two years after my conversion, which wasn't to my junior year in college. Oh. And now we're in ministry and giving our lives to this, mm-hmm. thinking probably full-time, which here we are 41 years later. Yeah. We did it. We've still done it. But I remember your response because I remember she looked at me like, well, I don't have those kind of questions. It's just the way she's wired. Mm -hmm. But she said, you better find answers. Oh, good wife. You know, and I did. I went on this journey, which, as we've already talked previously with you, the questions and going after those answers strengthens your faith, not lessens it. Yes. So I came out on the other side after reading evidence that demands a verdict and looking at Frank Moore. I mean, all kinds of different stuff. I'm More like, than a wow, I feel like I have a solid foundation. I was starting to believe, oh, come on, there really isn't a foundation. Isn't it empowering yeah. when you have those questions answered? And now it's like, because I remember, like I said, I was 12 when apologetics was done from the pulpit that I was introduced to it. And it went from, you know, I'd always had a very firm belief in Christ and in the gospel and Jesus, all that. But all of a sudden, I was really excited. It's like it was the first time I really owned my faith because I was like, oh, wait, no, this is 
like for reals true. Not like, I can be proud of it. I know. I can be proud of it. And I can talk to non-Christians about this and, and not be scared. And I, I don't have to only talk to Christians. It's an incredibly empowering feeling when you know that you, I actually have based my life on something that is true. Yeah. And so obviously you become Mama Bear. Yes. Which, mm-hmm. you know, is a, such a great brand to understand. Uh, you want to help mothers and, and men as well, I know. But help them be able to help lead their kids. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm holding your book right in front of me, Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. Let's talk about that a little bit because you did such a good job. You know moms are going to be the ones getting those questions and dads, mm-hmm. but we often feel so ill-equipped to know what to do with our kids. So when you think about that, you have all these different methods in your book. Yeah. I love how you write. So one of them is chew and spit. Yes, the chew and spit method. So I grew up in Texas, proud Texan, and I remember from a young age we had to learn how when you're eating steak and you get that piece that you just keep chewing and chewing and chewing and ain't no, nothing's happening with it, that how to discreetly spit that out. But yeah, it's just this idea that when you're eating, sometimes there's some things you don't want to swallow. Yeah. And so I think when we're interacting with culture, it's this idea of people try to divide everything into safe and dangerous, where if something's in the safe Christian category, then I can basically just turn my brain off and let my kids watch whatever it is, and they don't have to think through it. It's all safe. But all this stuff over here, you know, when I was growing up, you know, Madonna and, and some of these other bands, you know, that's the dangerous spot. And so you kind of start raising kids that have no spiritual immune system, because if they've never been exposed to any other kind of idea, then they get out into their their teens and early 20s and discover that, hey, some of these things that were forbidden are actually not part of like demon Satan worship with, you know, (laughs) whatever going on with them. And so at that point, when they discovered there's some good and the things that were told were they were told were all bad, who then becomes the liar? Mm. Oh, the people that told them it was all bad become the liar. Give some examples of that. Like, can you think of any TV shows or something? I'm thinking of all the shows, like, you're not watching that, you're not watching that, you well, know? Yeah, I, I don't think we even have the luxury of, I guess, uh, sheltering our kids in that right. way anymore because uh, even the children's programming, you still have to have your antenna up right now because you have no idea what kinds of things from the liberal, progressive Christian that are taught in some things. Like, I think we have a podcast episode about this woman children's pastor who wrote about the trouble with Easter and how this idea that Jesus actually died for our sins leads our kids into this dangerous belief that there's something inherently wrong with them. And I'm like, uh, there, there is. is. There is. It's, <laughs> it's called sin. Exactly. And every parent knows. Yeah. So it's like we, we don't have the luxury of doing that. We have to teach our kids how to chew and spit. This idea of you kind of evaluate everything. And I have this little hand. I know we're radio. Um, but this hand gesture where you bring them together, like if you're talking with your kids, everything's a mixture of good and bad. We want so it's to, like your hands are clasped, like hands almost are clasped. in prayer. Yeah, yeah, like in prayer. So what we do when we engage with culture is we separate the good from the bad. Now we're going to separate our two hands. We're going to embrace the good and reject the bad. So, so you pulled one hand to you. You're holding on to it. And this mm-hmm. is the spit. Yeah. So what I've discovered is, well, number one, there's never going to be a theologian so awesome that he doesn't teach you something that's not true. And there's never going to be an atheist so bad that they never say something true. You can learn truth from a lot of different sources if you have the humility to learn. And I've actually found even beauty in uh, a lot of different sources 
every now and then I have someone email me asking me what movie I'm talking about in the book, that there's this one movie that I will never watch again. I'm sad that I watched it the first time. I mean, it just gives you images in your head that you can't unsee. It's these kids that kind of get into drug culture and then the links that they're willing to go in order to get a fix. And then it just kind of shows the psychosis in invisible ways. But I remember watching that and I remember after I was done first off being like what did I just watch but I dropped to my knees and I thanked the Lord because mm. I saw how easy that could have been to get into a culture like that especially um you know I have a history of struggling with just some depression and anxiety which I think a lot of people do yeah. and that if I hadn't been brought up in the church if I had been given something that would numb those feelings how easy would it have been to descend into that culture and so I basically dropped on my knees and praised God for what he'd saved me from in this life, at least. And so basically, you're saying in that movie, you were chewing <laughs> and you were spitting it all out. I was spitting it all out and thanking God that I, that was not my story. So, I mean, that is kind of the extreme. I don't think we need to, like, go for all these, you know, raunchy things to try to see what good we can find in it. But I, I remember watching and I'll say this there was um Madonna concert that just happened to be on TV and I was watching it and I was like wow she is incredibly artistic the art direction it was so amazing and just appreciating that beauty and even if it's coming from a non-christian I can appreciate that beauty anyway it's just this idea of taking in everything don't intentionally go after something bad but being able to take whatever you see separate the good from the bad, embrace the good and reject the bad and know why you're embracing something and know why you're rejecting something. So one of the beautiful things about, I think the way I present apologetics in in these books is you don't have to know all the answers. You just need to know how to think about culture and thinking well is something I think we are all capable of doing without having some kind of advanced degree, but just knowing how to pick through the messages, how to recognize what those messages are, and then discuss them with our kids. I think that's so wise, because as teenagers, if we've watched something on TV with our kids or gone to a movie, mm-hmm. and then just to discount the whole thing, like, that's trash. Why yeah. are you even watching that? They're like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to mom and dad about it, or maybe I'm going to hide yeah. what I've seen or even what I've thought. So give us an example of the conversation. Like, let's say you you all watch this movie Mm -hmm. and show us what it's like. Then how do we start that chew and spit? I remember taking one of my little nieces to see The Frog Princess, I think it was. And, you know, thinking, oh, this is going to be safe. And I'm watching it in some of the parts in there. I'm like, dude, this is demonic. Um, And so (laughs) I was like, yeah, we need to have a conversation about this. So on the way home, I was saying, you know, Darby, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about some of the things that were true in this. Um, Are monsters real? No, not really. What about, you know, princesses? Yeah, princesses are real. Are frogs real? Are talking frogs real? Probably not. And I said, what about evil, Darby? Do you think evil is real? And she kind of thought, and she goes, no. Mm. And I said, oh, let's talk about evil. Evil is real. And then that, of course, led into the conversation of, How greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world? This is the verse that my mom used to say to me a lot, just because I think I was very aware of evil at a young age. And that was one of the verses she used to comfort me. So it's really just kind of looking at things and looking at them from different perspectives and especially trying to find the things that you can agree with. 
I, I guess movies is how the Lord teaches me a lot of things. It's like whenever I'm talking about spiritual things, a lot of times I say, oh, it's like this scene in the movie or it's like that scene in the movie. It's like all these little snippets of things that I can use analogies for. Um, and I think that's just a good reminder for us as parents that the culture is discipling our children, yes. whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. This is happening and it's shaping their worldviews. Yeah. Yes. And I think one of the things that has to be discerned is for you and I to know what to chew and what to spit, mm-hmm. we have a biblical worldview right. that's been developed. What you did with Darby, your mm-hmm. little niece, right, mm-hmm. is what we should be doing with, as parents with music, with TV shows, anything that's out there. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. It's simple as after it's done or even pause it in the middle and have a conversation. Hey, let's talk about what's true. Let's talk about what isn't true mm-hmm. and see what they respond with because they may say things that aren't true that they say are true. Yes. And you go, well. I'm glad that we caught that. Yeah. yeah. And, and next thing you know, you may not know, they may not know it. You're giving them a biblical reference and yeah. worldview that will be developed further later, but you're setting those boundaries to say, You're no, beginning no, no. the foundation. Like yeah. you did with evil. No, evil's not real. Oh, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And you're giving her, giving her a worldview. That's our job as parents. And you would be surprised at how quickly they pick up on this. Because mm. I even remember, like, the what my mom did. She must have just done it a few times. We'd be watching a movie. And this is, of course, when you couldn't pause television. But if it was a movie, you could pause it. And my mom would look over at me and say, you see that, Hillary? That's a red flag. So she mm. t- taught me how to spot red flags in guys early on. And it just took a couple times <laughs> for me to realize, oh, you can discern things about someone's character before they actually show all that character. Mm. And uh, so Roar is actually that we came up with, uh, me and the, the ladies that were on the team for the first book. And so it stands for Recognize the Message, Offer Discernment, Argue for a Healthier Approach, and Reinforce These Ideas Through Discussion, Discipleship, and Prayer. Mm. So recognizing the message would be what is the base message that is coming from us? What worldview? What are they laughing at? What are they treating as the most important thing? What is humorous? Like one of the things that drives me nuts is really Mm. dangerous driving that's portrayed as humorous. Mm. Stuff like that where it's just showing irresponsibility. Now, when we go into the offer discernment, a lot of times people hear the word discernment and they think pointing out everything that's wrong with something. Mm. And I think that's a really bad definition of discernment. So I think in order to build bridges first, we need to know when to build bridges and when to build walls. So building that bridge first saying, what is good? What can we all agree? Because even if a character makes a bad decision, sometimes they did it with good intentions. And not that good intentions make up for bad actions, but we can at least acknowledge we might have had the same goals and then achieved those goals through two separate ways, one which was a good idea, one which was a bad idea. So we're separating the good from the bad, acknowledging the good and saying, this is the bad that snuck in there. Okay, we've now discerned. Argue for a healthier approach is where we can say, what were those good intentions? What is that good? And how is the Bible actually a proponent of this? What's a healthier way to argue for this good to where you're embracing that value and it's coming out in a biblical way? Mm. And then finally, reinforcing the discussion, discipleship, and prayer. So this would be having the conversation, actively having kind of activities that reinforce this idea. And then prayer, praying through these ideas. You know, we have the ideological realm, I guess, that we are waging a war on and praying for for your kids to see the lies for what they are, praying them for them. One of the things I pray every time I do a talk, if I have the time, I 
love to go through and just touch all the chairs and pray for scales to fall from the eyes, for blindness to be exposed mm-hmm. and for, for light to penetrate. And so just covering your children from that spiritual perspective and teaching them how to pray themselves and not just a, Lord, please keep grandma safe and let us have a good trip. I mean, it's not like those are bad prayers, but how can we be teaching them, Lord, I pray that I would be able to see when a lie is being promulgated as the truth. Mm. I pray that if my heart starts to follow something that is not after your heart, that I would acknowledge it or that you would bring someone into my life to acknowledge it. Or one of my favorite prayers, just because I think it's a wise prayer, I ask the Lord to humble me without publicly humiliating me, which I think is also a good prayer for, well, number one, for any leader position, but teaching our kids to accept that chastisement when it needs to come and be grateful for it. Mm. Yeah, I love uh, even your last R of roar, reinforced through discussion, I think. Discussion, discipleship, and prayer. Yeah, Yeah, discussion with our kids, especially in middle school, high school, and and again, start early. Start start early. But as they're asking these really somewhat profound questions and pushing back and, you know, even as their peers push in on them, often as a parent, we pull away, we withdraw out of that rather than stepping in and engaging. One, I think we think, oh, they don't want to hear our voice anymore. They do. And number two, instead of like slamming something down their throat, it's like, let's have a discussion. Mm -hmm. Discipleship is discussion and prayer. But let's talk about this and hear their thoughts, hear their pushback. Let them question, let them doubt, and then walk them through this discussion toward the truth because somebody's got to do it. And often we want the Christian school to do it or the pastor to do it or the church, and that's all good. But no, God calls us to be in that discussion with them, and we can become a safe place. Not mom and dad are never going to listen to me or never going to let me question, but no, mom and dad are actually safe. They're going to discuss with me and partner with me toward the goal of truth. Yeah, I think we say somewhere that truth that is discovered goes a lot deeper than truth that is just presented. Hmm. So you can be presented with the truth, and it may not go deep, but when you feel like you yourself had discovered the truth, Hmm. that's where it kind of sticks. And so instead of just saying, this is what's wrong with that just say well what did you think about this Hmm. well do you think that might lead to you know what what did you think about the idea that he put art as the highest thing well what about the the one where it seemed like he neglected his family do you think you should neglect your family for art do you think someone has ever regretted that they spent more time with their family than more time you know at work have you ever heard someone say that story from their deathbed? I've kind of heard the opposite from my deathbed. And so you're asking questions to help them kind of think through this for themselves to where if they get something wrong, and, and if, especially if you can pick up on what it is that they're getting wrong, you know how to ask the question that's going to lovingly help them think through that idea. My dad always said, there's a couple of things he always said to me, because I was a question asker, big time. And he always said, you don't need to have all the answers. You just need to know where to find the answers. Mm-hmm. And basically the way to find the right answers is to know how to ask the right questions. Yeah, that's good. I'm wondering, Hillary, as we close, would you pray just for the moms? Yes. You know, as they're thinking, I want to do this. Yeah. I need to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Father God, we thank you so much for this time that we've spent having a discussion, Lord. And I do pray over the moms that are mm. out there, Lord. First off, we just want to recognize what a huge, massive job that they have, Lord, that they are shepherding these little minds mm. and they are really raising the next generation, Lord. You know, talk about the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, Lord. There is no such thing as a mom with a small job, Lord. I just pray that you would help them to see in their lives 
things that are taking their attention that might not need to be in places that you want to plug them in. I pray there would be a place of no condemnation for those who feel like if they have one more thing put on their shoulders that they're going to crack, that you would just come and lift some of those burdens off of them. And for those who don't know how they can engage, Lord, I pray that you would give them just the hope that they can understand and they can engage and they can know how to ask the right questions, Lord, and how to steer their children. We just thank you that you are the good father and that while we are being shepherds to to our kids, Lord, you are shepherding our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would just train them what it looks like to battle on their knees before you, praying over their children, and that you would just give them a sense of peace, Lord, as they move into maybe new territory, as they move into new ideas, Lord, just to say, I can't do this. This is what the Lord has called me to. And you would give them a sense of godly empowerment that they can do that which you have called them to do, that you have given them every good gift in order to shepherd their children well, Lord. And I pray that they would just feel your presence as they go through uh, that and as they, they work towards raising children to the glory of God. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you would like to purchase the CD of today's program, email us at radio at powertochange.org.au or go to the podcast section of our website, families.powertochange.org.au, where you'll find lots of information, news and resources. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.